0: all right we should be live so what is going on and welcome into that being said podcast welcome in on this wonderful thursday afternoon almost halloween george i'm your co-host sammy george
1: yeah it's going to be a spooky weekend of sports i guess right Everyone tries to come up with some pun intended here, but no, I'm just joking around. We got a lot of great sports coming up this weekend, including college football, kind of a slower slate in college football. This is weird, though, man. This is like now, today you got the Thursday night game. Yesterday you had no sports. Friday, tomorrow, I think you have one Big Ten game, I think, plays tomorrow. I forget who plays. But like we're kind of back to the no sports during the week, just football. Um, in the We'll weekend. get
0: into that today. I already got a tweet about that, so we'll get into that uh because there is uh, there's some stuff i want to talk about with the no sports schedule uh yesterday that's actually very interesting um that is george who i'm talking to it's just ignored our intro today don't know why but
1: uh right into it
0: well you jumped into something else but george ignored the intro today so that is george and we're brought to you about the sports on tap live today um Let's get into some World Series first, and then uh, then we get into some football today. There's a couple big topics, of course, George. This first question that I wrote out um, was kind of a uh, multi-faceted question, because I just want to talk the World Series. Mm-hmm. Did analytics ruin the series? And by, by that, I mean Blake Snell being pulled um, because of analytics, basically. And then Kershaw became a what player ever? I mean, he broke the all-time strikeout records in, in MLB history and ended up winning a yeah. ring and having two – in playoff history and, and also also ended up getting a ring and playing two great games in the World Series. So it obviously changed a little bit of his – people's probably perspective on what, what he is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to get into that thing, right? Like everyone now on Twitter, I saw multiple things. Like – and this is not to say that everyone feels this way, but I'm kind of tired of it. Like after the series, they put up pictures of Kershaw, won the World Series, Go! Like I think I feel like we kind of been throwing out the word goat too much. Uh Khabib, Khabib retires from UFC goat. Uh LeBron wins a championship goat. If uh if Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl this year, somehow everyone's going to say, "Oh, he's the goat over Tom Brady." It seems like the word goat is thrown around way too much. But so before I answer the other question about the analytics, but what does this make Kershaw? It definitely makes him a top 10 pitcher of maybe of all time, and it definitely makes him the number one pitcher in history of this era. And this is and, yeah. in an where he's never been, you know, put into steroids. He's never been put into the bucket of cheating or PEDs. He's done it what seems to be pure. He's definitely a top 10 of all time or at least number one in this era.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's got to be a uh, number one of this era, I guess, because <laughs> I mean, who else, right? There's probably a couple few
1: options, but at the end of the day, we're I mean, talking about a guy like that a, um, Justin Verlander could be up there, but I kind yeah. of think it's been more dominant.
0: Yeah, at, uh, different levels. I mean, we're talking about Justin Verlander, I feel like would be saying, you know, like a Kevin Durant or something, right? Not, but like Kershaw was the. LeBron James of the era, the Kobe Bryant of the era, whatever it is. So I I just think it's more, Justin Verlander has been an all-time great, but Kershaw has been that guy that has these, in the regular season, has these remarkable like ERAs and these type of records that we've never seen. We feel like we haven't seen in this era, at least. So, I I don't think anyone's compared to him.
1: I'm, I've said in this era, at least. Yeah, I'm agreeing
0: with you. I think we're on a delay or something. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was
1: wondering. I was like, uh...
0: well, let's keep talking about the series. So, okay. I, I mean, when it comes to Kershaw, um, I do think he actually made himself a top five or six pitcher of all time. If you just look at the statistics, he probably would have been, even with world like playoff bad playoffs. There was some point in his career where he wasn't. He didn't actually have that bad of playoffs. And then there was a point where he actually did have that bad of playoff performances. And then he got back to the point where this year he actually had mostly good playoff performances, won the world series, played good in all world series games that he played. And at the end of the day, he kind of cemented himself, especially in baseball. If you can get through one world series, a lot of baseball players might never even get to a world series, even if you're a great. So I think first, yeah. really cemented yeah. himself.
1: Like, look at Felix Hernandez for the Seattle Mariners. He never even made a playoff appearance.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I, I wasn't going to put him in that same type of, like, uh, <laughs> uh, they're not in the same, like, what's it called?
1: No, no. But, I mean, if you want to go look in this era from 2000 onwards, I think Verlander's one in strikeouts, Verlander two, and uh, Felix Hernandez three. And I think in innings pitch, it's one, two, three. And I think in ERA – Minimum 100 starts, it's one, two, three. So, like, yeah, those are the three best pitchers of this era. But, like, in pitching, too, like, it's not all your control, right? And that's why pitchers are so hard to really rate because they only pitch once every five days. And unless you watch a pitcher in the playoffs, we're not really watching, um, you know, the Cincinnati Reds pitcher, uh, Trevor Bauer, on every fifth day, right? People in Cincinnati are. We didn't even watch Kershaw every fifth day. Maybe you did a little bit more when you lived in Los Angeles. But in general, the Verlander's also been really lucky to be on some really high-end teams. So he's been able to be in that national spotlight even more and kind of – same with Verlander and kind of showcase his talents on a bigger stage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say – I mean, I would take that a little further than you because it's not about pitchers; it's about all baseball players. I mean, sure. how many people actually watch how many games if they weren't playing the Mariners? Did you watch Mike Trout this year? Zero.
1: Yeah,
0: I was going to say the answer for sure zero. How many outside of the playoffs did you even watch of Mookie Betts until the playoffs? Probably zero. Zero. How many of the I Padres? You didn't watch. You didn't watch any. Well, you probably did when they're playing the Mariners. That's it.
1: Did they play the Mariners this year? I forget.
0: (laughs) See, that's how... NL West and AL West this year. So we watched the Padres and Tad. I did talk
1: Mookie Betts against the Mariners, probably.
0: Yeah, but you don't watch any of these players unless they're playing against your home team. And so that goes for a guy like Mike Trout. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's one big conversation that a lot of people have had after this playoffs is like, is Mike Trout the best player in baseball or is it Mookie Betts? And it's a hard conversation because well, it's not Mike Trout's problem that the rest of his team isn't performing. And Mookie Betts has been on the Red Sox and won a World Series and been on the Dodgers and won a World Series. But Mookie Betts is making his case to be better than Mike Trout being the best player in baseball. But it's hard to determine because no one watches Mike Trout. And it's not his fault they can't make the playoffs.
1: Like 90% of people who are talking about this, including me and you, don't watch enough of Mookie Betts on a day to day basis or Mike Trout on a day to day basis. We just have the stats to go off of for me to say that Mike Trout or Mookie Betts is better than the other guy.
0: That's where baseball has its its big issue. And they don't push their players to be bigger personalities and I think I was listening to uh Bill Simmons' podcast of CC Sabathia and he's like there's no commercials like during the games of any of these big players coming up, right? In the meantime, you watch like you can watch a freaking Pacers playoff game and Victor Oladipo comes up on Gatorade commercials, right? Like, but you don't get like Clayton Kershaw in a commercial or like Cody Bellinger in a commercial during the World Series.
1: These players aren't marketed at all. You know, Sammy, you actually brought up something I, I just kind of thought of now, and I think it's a really interesting conversation to have because in the 1990s, I can't tell you that I used to watch every game the sammy sosa's the mark mcguire's the frank thomas's the fred mcgriffs like these guys were household names of chipper jones uh griffey obviously he's my favorite player and i'm a seattle guy so i didn't even need to mention that but i feel like sports center when i was younger was a much bigger deal and every night after yeah. all the baseball games you would get you turn on sports center after any game basketball baseball football now it's the twitter era and Baseball has done a really shitty job of pushing themselves on social media and allowing people to help push them on social media. But when I was younger, I feel like SportsCenter marketed these players for themselves. There used to be the commercial chick stick the long ball with Greg Maddox and Mark McGuire and Sammy. So it's like now we don't have these things anymore. And I wonder if the the decline of people watching Sports Center on a nightly basis is also a decline in the amount of markability for all these baseball players.
0: I mean, 100%. I mean, uh, Netflix and other things takes away from people actually just sitting, even me who loves sports. I mean, I don't use when I was like 15, I used to spend every night from 10 to 11 p.m. watching Sports Center and kind of recap
1: every night, bro. That's all we did. It was like our thing after the games.
0: And it's not SportsCenter's fault. I mean, like actually, Scott Scott Van Pelt's like a very entertaining guy to watch on SportsCenter. I actually really like watching him after like a big game, right? If there's a Monday Night Football game, I don't mind him coming on. But then it's you have Netflix and you have all these apps. You stream two games at once, uh, and that kind of takes you away from SportsCenter, which takes you away from what's exactly going on in baseball, right? Like Great I don't point. know which teams are so hot. I really don't pot, major no, podcasts. Don't. don't talk about it. Major companies don't have that many baseball podcasts, nothing. It's, it, it's, it's lost its steam. And yeah. one for. big thing, of course, locally it's fine, but I'm talking a national uh, esteem here. And
1: yeah,
0: part of the big conversation from the world series is kind of one of the problems in uh, baseball, like the analytics and the race pulling Blake Snell after five and a third with two hits and, and nine strikeouts, no walks, um, not something you do. And I, I would actually love – we never share our screen actually just randomly in the middle of the show, George. Okay. Um, but I would like to because I'd like to bring up some of the tweets from Alex Rodriguez. Um, now, regardless of what you think of Alex Rodriguez, because uh, I know a lot of people might say
1: – Oh, I don't like the. He was a lot of yeah. baseball. He was probably a good guy to talk yeah. about baseball.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a great guy to talk baseball. So uh let's not pretend like he doesn't know baseball, right? Right. Well, first I gotta find the tweet. So I don't know if I'm missing the mark here. <laughs> uh where was it? The game. Oh here. It's 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 there we go. Um it was during the game, George. So here it is. Oh, it starts with this. It starts with, I still can't get over it. Worst decision I've ever seen in a World Series I've watched, right? That was during the game.
1: I like how he Uh, said I've watched because I know which one he's referring to as one he played in, in not a World Series, but against the um, Red Sox when they left Pedro Martinez too long.
0: Yeah. So it started off here during the game. Alex Rodriguez said, Rays. Why, why, why? The Dodgers are thrilled. I mean thrilled. They will thank the Rays for this one. How do you make the next Andy Pettit, John Smoltz, or Hershire, et cetera, if you're just going to take them out? Snell had crushed bets and the top of the Dodgers order to Game over. The Dodgers will dominate the last four innings. Computers running the game, not humans. Binders lead to blinders. Manage with blinders on. You miss what's actually happening in real time. The race for an office and computers may end up being the MVP for the Dodgers. I still can't get over it. Worst decision I've ever seen in the World Series. And then... Uh, he said we've seen this play out in each of the three last world series George Roberts per- pulls Rich Hill in the seventh bad ending Hinch pulls Grinky in the seventh bad ending Cash pulls Snell in the sixth you know what happens Cash isn't the yeah. first but hopefully he'll be the last learn from this managers you've got a scouting report you have one scouting report that's the best part we have two eyes go with the bigger number
1: yeah and it goes to the point like analytics are great right um the help of long-term success. I think if you run an analytically-based program for 162 games, you'll make the playoffs. If like, you know, you're doing the analytics perfectly. I mean, it's kind of like the Houston Rockets thing. Like, oh yeah, if you shoot this many threes for the whole entire season, you're going to win X amount of games and make the playoffs. But situationally, you can't always let analytics take over what your, you know, what years and years of watching, playing, managing the sport is. And sometimes, you know, analytics is a percentage, right? Like 51% of the time this might happen. There's also that 49%. So if someone's hot, maybe it's better than 51%. I'm not saying don't ever trust analytics, use it to enhance your decision making. But I'd also be wary of only using analytics to make decisions.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, that's where like you said, you have to do it in the right way. Like in the Houston Rockets are a great example. Sure. It works at at these certain points, but let's not make it, you know, our end all right. I think in the way Alex Rodriguez said it, there's one scouting report or there's one computer or one number crunch, right? You have two eyes. Sometimes, for example, with the Rockets, when you see something not working in the playoffs, make a change. It doesn't matter what the numbers say sometimes, right? I know right. three is worth more than two. I know that Blake Snell hasn't been great in the playoffs if you look at him past the sixth inning. But, man, if you have a guy on the mound dealing and he's your best player, it's not just their best pitcher, he's their best player on the team. my young award winner. Yeah. Why not let him ride it out? If he, if you lose with him riding it out, you'll regret it less than losing after taking him out. That's how I see it, at least.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you'll be crushed either way if, if when you lose. But like, with that decision, but I don't think anyone was like it's fifth. It was five and a third inning. It wasn't like the eighth.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that's that's where that's where the big problem is. I mean, it's five and you a know, third.
1: It's not just baseball I anything. Mean, I Football is getting into that point, too, point where people are like, oh, uh you go for two, up seven with a minute left. Like, why? Because the percentage says 51. Per- like, dude, like, we watch football. Is your defense shitty? Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, is your defense shitty? Oh, it is? Okay. Kick the extra point.
0: We saw it with, uh what's their faces, with with the Vikings against the Seahawks, right? Yeah. Like, okay. I understand the analytics here, but you also don't want to have Russell Wilson get the football back. So let's consider that. And you'd rather have Russell Wilson score and go for two. I'm sure that's much better than having Russell Wilson just score and you lose the game.
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> so I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't. You know, I, like you said, I love the analytics. I don't. I wouldn't just like die on that hill.
1: Right.
0: Exactly. It's a good analogy. It works. Is that the analogy? Die on the hill? I don't, I don't know. Sword? I
1: don't know. Or die on the sword. or yeah, it, You know what? It works, bro. I think everyone understands.
0: Me and you aren't the best of analogies, to be honest. No, That's I really always
1: use the wrong analogy at the wrong time.
0: Yeah. My, my, my girlfriend always makes fun of me for just using like, last week, George, I, be, I I said something that there's you got so much on your table. Apparently, it's plate. You got a lot going on. but I thought it was like,
1: table's bigger. Tables are bigger. I mean, I mean, you're just saying you got even more. Got even more. We're gonna go with your first question, George. Battle of the years. NFC. North. Could the Ravens versus Steelers game determine home field in the AFC playoffs? Remember, there's only gonna be one team out of each conference that gets that bye week. So home field is extra spicy this year. Extra, extra. Yeah, you don't uh, want to double.
0: Yeah, man. I I just I <sighs> uh, will it determine it? Maybe, but maybe not. I mean, you still have the chiefs who are running, they run uh, the show.
1: I said, I didn't say, will it, could it determine it?
0: <laughs> okay. I'm going to move on from the question then. Cause yes, obviously it could more importantly is this, this game is going to play the biggest role in this division. Um, uh, this division is stacked. I know the Browns are not impressive, but they're five and two, um, One of these teams, if the Ravens lose, I mean, they have the tiebreaker on the Browns, but you're at the same record as the Browns, which is, you know, both have two losses. That's not necessarily where you want to be for the Ravens, right? So this game is very interesting because it's going to shape up a lot in that division. I mean, if you do have the Ravens win, you still have the Steelers and Ravens ahead of the Browns, but in the one loss column. But if you have the Steelers win, I think they're going to be two ahead in the loss column over the Browns and Steelers. Th- that's a hard thing to make up and that's we're going to be at the halfway point of the year
1: okay i can't believe we're going to be at the half point of the year already but it's kind of crazy because if the ravens win this game sammy i think the ravens will be six in one the steelers will be six in one and the chiefs will be six in one that's a stacked nfc AFC man and that playoff race you still got the browns five and two as well and uh, yeah. I think the Bronze play the Raiders, which, you know, not always the easiest game. It's a little bit of a trap game after a really impressive win, but they could easily win that game and be 6 and 2 as well. So you might have like this AFC. I mean, did you even mention the Titans? Uh, f- fuck, I forgot about the Titans too. And the Titans have only lost one game. So And um, the Bills? And the Blairs? Bills or the Bills are not. I, I actually I actually kind of like Miami in that division. I don't I'm not saying Miami's going to win that division, but I don't think it's a runaway Bills division. Um at the end of the day, though, this is a very very uh big game because you're determining a lot here, right? You're determining like you said the division. Um if you actually go look at the numbers, a lot of people I know there'll be a tweet later on in the in the program about this, but people our single Lamar Jackson's has taken a step back this year. And if you look at the numbers they are very, very similar. He hasn't been asked to do much this year because most of their games outside that Kansas city game have been blowouts. Mm-hmm. In a close football game.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I wouldn't say he's regressed, at, but he hasn't been as good regardless of the numbers. Sometimes there's the eye test. Right. And I think you go back with this. Sometimes with like Carson Wentz, like, Carson Wentz, if you look numbers wise, is a bottom five quarterback in the NFL throughout most of his games. But if you have the eye test and you watch the end of games and you watch the way he's performing, it's not always really on him. I think Lamar Jackson's definitely been less dominant of a player, regardless of the scores of the game. He's not been the same exact Lamar Jackson that we've seen. And that I think that there are some numbers you can go deeper than just like quarterback rating and interceptions to touchdowns that probably show that he's not the exact same one. But those are things that you can't really, I guess.
1: I don't really want to put a quantitative number or a quantitative decision on that. And I see him against the Steelers. We saw him against Kansas City really struggle, which – still is in the top of the mind of many people. And that's the only time he struggled all year. If he struggles again against Pittsburgh this year and doesn't pass the eye test on that, then yeah, I'd say, you know, wow, this guy hasn't really been passing the eye test. But if he goes out and, you know, helps beat the Steelers who have the best, de- second best defense in the NFL, then you're going to be pretty impressed. So I guess my thing with this game is I really believe the- these are two of the three, four teams in the AFC that can make the Super Bowl. And this game is going to go a long way in determining who makes the Super Bowl? Because look, between the Ravens and the Steelers, they might be the two of a three or two of a four best teams in the AFC. Only one of them is going to get a home playoff game this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's where it gets very interesting, right? I mean, it you is saw
1: a. He in the 49ers. The, the, the difference between Super Bowl uh, 49ers and second round playoff exit Seattle was probably home field advantage.
0: Yeah that's it was <laughs> not probably i uh, i think the the crazy thing with lamar jackson though is man is i i really do think it's um you know you know he he's a 24
1: and four career record it's pretty remarkable
0: yeah so
1: now i think we say re- to kansas city by the way
0: and This is where I'm kind of thinking it's like, okay, if we get into the fact that like he's lost to, you know, he lost to Cincinnati in his first year.
1: Okay. And then twice to Casey and once to Tennessee.
0: Yeah. This isn't right. I don't know why it says 24 and four on football reference. He's lost some more games. Well, no, hold on. He didn't. Did he start the year in twenty eighteen?
1: No, no, he came in later in the year for Flacco.
0: Okay. So he lost to Kansas city. Kansas City, Cleveland, Kansas City.
1: And Tennessee in the playoffs.
0: And LA Chargers in the playoffs. But I was talking about career. Yeah. So you have six losses when you can. I wasn't counting playoffs.
1: Oh, not counting um, playoffs.
0: Pretty good. <laughs> so, but one thing that like we've seen in the playoffs, and I think we've seen in the regular season, most of the games, he, the, the only games he has lost in the regular season, when you put him against the, a really good team and a really good coach and a good matchup, he has not been as good. Um, but the beauty for him is that he has a small sample size. So it takes a game like this for everyone to be like, whoo, there's Lamar yeah. Jackson beating the, the Steelers who are the only undefeated team in the NFL.
1: Right. And then just to the playoffs real quick before we move on from this is, until he does it in the playoffs, people like you who don't believe in Lamar Jackson being a big playoff performer, you're right. When you do it, it's correct.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, that it, it's the same thing with guys like Carson Wins. Until he has a full healthy season or has a, wins a playoff game, the criticism is fair always, right? Like you can criticize Baker Mayfield as long as you want. As long as the Browns don't make the playoffs and don't win playoff games, Criticize him for years. I mean, like that, it is what it is. Like, you, mm-hmm. if you don't show up and win in the playoffs, if you don't win games in the playoffs, you aren't. Uh, I mean, I love Matt Stafford, right? But uh, it's been a lot of years of going to the playoffs and losing in the
1: first round. Yeah. But to be fair to Matt Stafford, Sammy, there was no quarterback since 1989 that brought the Lions to the playoffs. And he's the That's first great. one to be. Do... I know. They're like Baker like Mayfield. Stafford.
0: There's been a just as bad of a streak. The Browns haven't made the playoffs since 2002. They're the worst franchise in history. It's They're so the worst franchise know. right now outside of the Seattle Mariners when it comes to playoff droughts. Yeah. And, and so if Baker makes body. it to the playoffs, I'm not necessarily going to say immediately he has a pass. I'm if not, he has I'm a off like, I
1: would it. I'm not saying pass. I'd be like, that's a good job by him. Yeah, nobody says
0: <laughs> not a good job by Lamar Jackson winning the MVP and going to the playoffs. He just had a bad He's had bad performances in the playoffs. And that's the crazy thing with football. All it would have taken is one win against that that Tennessee game. they won that game, there's nothing we would even be saying about that right now. It would just be, oh, year two, he lost in the second round. It's fine. (laughs) It's crazy how football works. Um, Let's get on to my question uh, into the AFC as well. Is is Cam Newton going to keep his job as the New England Patriots quarterback, and and we can just talk about the Patriots in general because it's a very, you know, uh, I think by the end of today, I'll have my little quarterback uh, thing I'm doing weekly, like the top 10 teams that need to draft a quarterback, and the Patriots are kind of falling into that category after these last two weeks, right? After week two or three, you'd be like, oh, Cam Newton's their guy. Look at this guy. He's killing it. He's played some awful football.
1: I think I have him as like the 24th best quarterback in the NFL right now. Like he's pretty, he's been playing really bad. And the problem was the two games that he did play good, Sammy, the Miami game and the Seattle game, he did it with his legs. And in general, in the NFL, yeah, you can, you can get away with doing some stuff with your legs, but you're not going to be a long-term success if you can't throw the ball a little bit like Lamar Jackson, he can, he can hit an open receiver. Cam Newton is overthrowing everything. So I don't know if he keeps his job, but I say yes for the rest of the year because really I don't think the Patriots are necessarily looking to uh, to find their solution long-term at quarterback right now this season with Cam Newton, nor are they looking to make the playoffs. Like they're not, they're That's not-
0: where I think things are interesting. I mean, like what's their mindset? Like if they were genuinely trying to go do what's best for them, if you have one or two more of these Cam Newton games, you're going to at least give Jared Stidham a try. Exactly. But if you're not genuinely looking for that, You might just ride out Cam Newton because two things. One, you'll be like, it's the best for Cam Newton. Let's see if he has anything left. And it'd be helpful for him in his career. Like, I genuinely think some organizations see that. Like, let's let the guy ride out the season. He's trying to prove a point. We're not even trying to win that much. So, Mm -hmm. like, and and at the end of the day, the more they lose, the higher chance. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. Let's just be honest. It'd be pretty hard to even trade up to the first pick, even if they're in the top if you're the 10th, because they're not going to be the, they've already won two games. They're not going to
1: be in the top and five. They're go 2-14, but they could get yeah. a Justin Fields. They could get a Zach Wilson out of uh, BYU.
0: Yeah. And the Patriots, they could get a somebody in the second round that they have their eyes on really strongly or in the I first round. I still
1: think that the Patriots would be very interested if San Francisco decided to move off of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I do not.
0: I don't. I really don't think so. I think they'd be very interested in a Sam Darnold. Yeah, I still a,
1: think the division would give them Sam Darnold. That's all. That, that, that's fair.
0: But I just don't. I don't think they're looking for a big priced quarterback that they're not hundred percent sure. If if they, I, I just point. I just think if Jimmy Garoppolo was like Bill Belichick's golden child, no matter what, like his next Tom Brady, the, he would have not left New England.
1: Well, he tried not to. I mean, we're, we're not going to go. That's what this. they say. We don't know what happened. Well, we also, like, two years they kept saying that Brady wanted out, him, and then we kept saying no, he didn't, and then he left. So, like, at the end of the day, these people who have sources, they might not be hundred percent right, but there's something to every single rumor. There's some, where there's smoke, there's some sort Fair of fire. Enough. I mean, it's a hundred percent true.
0: And I feel like there's been rumors in the past that was if Bill Belichick really wanted Garoppolo, he could have made it happen, or he could have left the Patriots. Like he, there, there's always was always something, right? Sure. My thing is, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the best option, but that's just me. I mean, we're talking about a stacked San Francisco roster now, and I think he's doing well. You can tell the difference. You can tell when Garoppolo has the injured 49ers team versus when he's with a good team. But like you said, if it is if it is New England, I, I mean, you can if there's anyone to trust to put around a good team around Jimmy Garoppolo, wouldn't that be...
1: Yeah, and, and, right now he's the San Francisco quarterback. I'm just saying I yeah. if he came on the market and he didn't have a quarterback. I think they'd take a look at him.
0: Yeah, I I they're they're going to go for draft pick, though, probably, right? But probably if there's someone there. Yeah. yeah, unless Cam Newton has this magical
1: or change in the middle of the season. season. And the three best quarterbacks are gone and they probably don't want to get the fourth one.
0: Yeah, and there's options out there you never know matt ryan might be somebody to look at here in the near future matt stafford's of the world mm-hmm. there's always there's going to be some option every year i think every qb slot is filled but then there's always some random change like last mm-hmm. in the middle of last year i'm like the patriots aren't going to draft a quarterback tom brady's like trying to keep playing
1: yeah and then J- Jameis winston will have a job next year maybe he will speaking of young quarterbacks Will Tua follow the success of the other rookie quarterbacks? We've seen Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert look fantastic. I don't even know who's looked better. They both look so damn good. Um, Do you think Tua is going to follow the early success? Now, I'm not talking about long-term success. I'm just talking about here the first few weeks of him being the starting quarterback for for the Miami Dolphins. I'd
0: like to say yes. My only concern is that I feel like there's too many – also, oh, I'm just concerned that like.
1: And I think we've lost Sammy here for a second. Great smiles on the screen frozen, but. I lost you for a second. Really? I lost you for a second. You had like a great smile too. It was, like, it was amazing.
0: I think that every year there's one quarterback that doesn't work. So I know. I'm concerned that because Herbert's great. Joe Burrow is great. Um, Does that mean Tua might not be that great? I don't know. I can't. It's not. It doesn't really work like that. But I just feel like there's that's they're how all it has worked.
1: Each, I think they're independent of each other. Maybe we look back at this draft class and it's like that famous 1983 draft class where you actually had three first round quarterbacks who were really good in John Elway, Dan Marino, and Jim Kelly. Yeah, I mean that. That's a lot to ask from these guys, but uh... it's, a, it's a huge, thing. <laughs> it's a huge thing to ask for. I'm just saying, maybe I'm not because it, it doesn't mean not. It doesn't mean just because Herbert and Burrow are good that Tua has to be bad. Here's the
0: thing: I think he's going to be good. I thought out of college, he's like the next Russell Wilson of some sort. Nobody's going to be Russell Wilson, but I thought he's somewhat the next Russell Wilson in the sense of maturity. He'll figure it out. He'll make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's I think the Dolphins organization, which hasn't had a quarterback since Dan Marino, I think they have the right direction finally. I think they have a great roster finally, a great coach finally. Everything's in place that if he is at least average, that he's going to look all right this year.
1: Yeah, if he's average this year, they might make the playoffs. They might win the division. They're a game back of, of uh, Buffalo right now. Yeah, it's
0: pretty wild. I mean, I don't think, I they're, know- looking to make the I think they're looking more to like develop Tua. Correct. If they were really looking to make the playoffs, they would have kept Fitzpatrick. I don't
1: know if he exceeds expectations and they continue playing good. They could, but I don't think that's like their, I, I mean, it's everyone's goal. Right. But I just don't think yeah. that's like vision that, Oh, we have to make it this year. It,
0: it's, it's not their vision. Right. I mean, that's if it, like I said, if it was, they're obviously not going straight up like, all right, we're three and three, let's bench our starting quarterback for a rookie. Like with right. no preseason experience. They that this just means they know that is ready. Um, and they really want to see what they got out of Tua because Tua was, if it wasn't for the hip injury,
1: he would have probably been is game going game. one.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have been Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow probably would have been on the Dolphins, and Tua would have been on uh, yes. on the Bengals. So I'm gonna still. go with yes, man. I think he's great, and I think we're getting a lot of, I think, um, as of late. This could be wrong, but as of late, I feel like teams, and especially the early first-round quarterbacks, I think they're starting to identify who's going to be all right in the NFL, and they're picking the right guys for the most part.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've had we haven't had any Jamarcus Russells or Achilles Correct. Smith or Ryan Leafs at the top of the draft. We've had guys. I mean, guys. We've had guys be a little bit disappointing for the number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, but like still a good quarterback. There's not a disaster. He's not a bust.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't even say that's disappointing. If you're the Browns, you make the playoffs. I don't think you would necessarily call it disappointing, um, just in the sense that – I think Trubisky
1: could be one. It's yeah, but overall. he's
0: not a bust. I mean, he made the playoffs. I think he they just ought not have given him a fair either. shot.
1: Yeah, it's true. Not a bust either. Like I said, the only one that was a real,
0: real, real bust is Josh Rosen. But that's that's like
1: well, – He was 11th pick. He wasn't even top 10.
0: I know, but he went from like supposedly the next Andrew Luck to the eleventh pick to like in the in the stands two weeks. Sam
1: Darnold is approaching that territory, right?
0: Yeah, but that's not a Sam Darnold problem. That's a <laughs> New York Jets problem. So I that one I feel like is like there's an asterisk on it.
1: I know, seriously.
0: And that's like it's kind of how I felt about the Josh Rosen one. There's an asterisk on it. Let's see what he does somewhere else. Maybe it was a Cardinals problem. It wasn't. It was it was it just Josh Rosen. Problem. All right, I have an interesting question for you, George, before we get to our, our tweets. I actually forgot to do a bet of the day today. Oh, I, I, I have one. Huh. You want to just tell us it? Atlanta
1: <laughs> will tonight for Carolina.
0: Yeah, well, in the meantime, before I get to my last question, if you want to bet with George, you can go to betus.com. That's betus.com. And use the promo code, the sports on tap, for 125% bonus. Perfect. Um, I'll get my bet of the day tomorrow, George.
1: So my bet. No no worries. Des Bryant
0: has signed with uh, the Baltimore Ravens, shockingly. Um, If there is in any sport, George, one guy you'd like to see get one more chance or just come back, who do you think it would be? I know a lot of people would say probably Colin Kaepernick, like give him a shot in the NFL. Some people would probably say, you know, What's an NBA example? You know, a lot of people wanted Carmelo last year and he got his shot eventually. That was one that was like a big one. And this doesn't have to be somebody that's looking for a shot. This could be somebody that you just want to see like make um, a man. comeback. Okay, I'm talking about realistic ones. Like, <laughs> like guys who can play.
1: Guys who can play. I guess if, I think in the NFL, it would be fun to see Tim Tebow come back. Like he's still yeah, young and great long. one. Where he could actually come back and play, like if he really wanted to. I think he's oh, what 30 years old, he's not, he's not probably in shape. I'm sure he's in shape. Tim Tebow would be, or Johnny Mandel on the other spectrum, (laughs) would be. I'm so shocked
0: these are your answers. I said just come back, I thought it was gonna be Andrew Luck.
1: Yeah, well, Andrew Luck hasn't spoken like I want to watch Andrew Luck, but what would be intriguing and fun would be just Tebow. Okay, so that's there's two parts to the question.
0: I just asked the or just come back if you didn't have an interesting answer. Yeah. Your real answer would be Andrew Luck, right? Yeah. Like if, you, if one player would come back.
1: Because he'd be good. Well, maybe. Maybe he hasn't even thrown a football since he left. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Um, mine, I mean, to be honest with you, I was kind of thinking Tim Tebow for mine for like the crazy comeback. Um, I would like to see Isaiah Thomas get one more chance in the NBA, double alum, because he... Uh, you know, his is not the age. He's five six or five seven, and has had so many hip. He's had hip injuries and all these different things. But it's really crazy to see a five seven, five eight, whatever you want to call him, guy who was a top four MVP candidate in Boston. They basically traded him away like he was garbage, and then he just his career collapsed. Unfortunately, um, I would so, love to see him get another chance in the right situation. I think like the Cleveland situation was not good for him. Then he got signed to Washington as like a garbage time player. It wasn't good for him. We had like Jamal, J- Jamal Crawford get a weird chance with the Nets this year, but that wasn't even fair. It was like a four games in the bubble. He got hurt, right?
1: Not hurt. Weird. The 42-year-old trying to come out of the street and play basketball gets hurt. Yeah, it didn't work. But I, I think
0: for me it would be a Tim Tebow as well. I think that would be just really cool to see and one that i would love that i don't think is physically possible is chris bosh cuz i think you know he had the blood clots uh issues but chris bosh even at 34 35 would probably be a perfect like sixth man on an nba team right now like just a mm-hmm. 7 foot three point shooter
1: hot take here chris bosh is really good but not very interesting to watch
0: fair but do you not agree that he would yeah he's he'd, not would. he'd be yeah. better
1: now yeah, he'd be actually he'd be more fun and probably more entertaining now. But I felt like he was never fun to watch play basketball.
0: Yeah, even in Toronto days, it was never that fun. No,
1: but he was really good. But yeah,
0: no. but it was a lot of jab steps, you know, jumpers, rebounds, exactly. a lot of Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's not that fun to watch unless no, you just it's love it's pure it's basketball. Great, just
1: fun to watch. I just nothing yeah. wrong with that. No, not at all. You're know, you know, fun to watch. Who Nate Robinson was really fun to watch. Wasn't that great.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. He can make a comeback. We're talking about two small guys from Washington. <laughs> uh, let's get into our tweets, George. Um, in the meantime, as I pull these tweets up for everybody, make sure you go follow us at the sports on tap. At the sports on tap on all platforms. It's thesportsontap.com as well, if you want to find us. And for our podcast, you can find us at uh, you can find us at Pod That on both Instagram
1: and Twitter.
0: Let's get into these uh, the
1: Twitter the Twitter. So um, Sarah Ellison says, "For all the Lamar Jackson has regressed, crowd. Not only are many of his numbers similar last season, see S F Y graphic below, but he's doing it under less favorable conditions per P F R E F compared to all of 2019." His drop rate is up by two and a half percent, and his pressure rate is up by seven point nine percent. His passer rating is higher. His passes to um, his passes to TDs uh, rate is better. His passing touchdown percentage <laughs> better. His rush you average mean is better. Down,
0: passes to TD <laughs> touchdown to interception is what you meant.
1: Yeah, touchdown <laughs> interception ratio is better. His rushing average he's averaging more yards per attempt. He has the same amount of rushing touchdowns, and the team has a better record through six.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, in, in the, the, they're an amazing football team, right, <laughs> really offensively are. and defensively. Um, uh, I'm actually, like, they are one of the better teams. They picked up Yannick and Dake and Duque, however you say it, as yeah, well. Gonna it's going to be a, their defense is good. I will Maybe. say that, which is helpful for a Lamar Jackson. Um, offensive line is great. Obviously, Harbaugh is a great coach as well. So uh, I think... There's only a lot of benefits that go into the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens.
1: Absolutely.
0: George, the Brooklyn Nets city jerseys have leaked. Um, And as network would say, knockoff jersey makers won't know where to go from here. Um, These are real, by the way. Yeah, And apparently they're inspired by like kids' drawings or something. The knockoffs are definitely going to be an interesting take here.
1: Yeah. Can I say they're underwhelming? Uh, like, part of me thinks they're awesome, but then part like, of me thinks they're awful. They're underwhelming. I-, I want to see them on someone. Like, sometimes it's hard to tell if a jersey looks good until someone's wearing it. Yeah. That's true. Like, they're, they're underwhelming. It's shorts. Like, what is the shorts combo with it? Like, when, what do people look like with it on? And then I'll make my final decision. I will say that. You know, uh,
0: the Nets, like their, what was it called? The other city jerseys they had were really mm-hmm. sick.
1: What? Cougie jerseys? Yeah, those were so good. Yeah, I love those. Maybe so, that's why I'm wrong here. Yeah, those is going to be tough. I know everyone, M- Michael F. Hurley says, I know everyone's sick of Brady, Brady, Brady. Shut up about Brady. One, no. Two, check it. Combined stats of every 43-year-old quarterback in NFL history, 37 for 71, 539 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Brady in October, 105 for 159, 1,100 yards, 12 touchdowns in a pick. Yeah, I mean, like, fuck. And he might the MVP conversation, by the way. I'm sorry, all Russell Wilson fans, including us here in Seattle. Brady has entered the MVP conversation. Russ is still number one but the that the conversation Brady has entered entered
0: the chat room. Yeah, I mean slightly, but there's a bunch of guys that have entered. I mean, Derek Henry's a strong yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah, he entered the chat. Um, yeah, but I think Russell Wilson's still actually in Vegas, he's still favored by a landslide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think,
1: he's
0: he's favored.
1: Um, no, no and if
0: it be. wasn't for those three interceptions against the Cardinals, he'd probably be favored even more by a landslide. But Tom Brady's been phenomenal. It's it's not something that you can. It's not a secret. It's not something you can hide here. He's. It's been pretty wild to see a 43 year old do what he's doing. Let alone any aged quarterback do what he's doing. Um. All right, we're gonna make fun of Katie's bald spot, George.
1: Yeah. It's um, not bad.
0: Katie's head on fire. This is joking at this. Now, I have nothing against bald spots, but if you zoom in closer and closer to this picture, George you will see after him and Kai working out that there is one hell of a bald spot there. Like I said, nothing against bald spots at this point though, you do something different about the hairdo. Don't you?
1: Yeah. You go buzz cut, really short buzz cut, Kobe Bryant desk, buzz cut. You don't, you don't, you don't need to write it out here.
0: You don't need to write it out. I mean, or I mean, I would just get some hair plugs. I would actually work on maybe keeping it going, but this one's worse. This one's worse than LeBron, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, yeah. And LeBron doesn't even risk it by growing out the hair. <laughs> That's
1: the thing. Mexican drug dealers or rug dealer? I thought it was a drug rug dealer said this. Justin Turner, coronavirus fiasco lies on Rob Manfred and MLB's incompetence. If Turner knew he was positive for COVID, he would have not played. They told him in the eighth inning, which means he unknowingly exposed everyone in the Dodgers dugout, all because MLB didn't test him earlier which is so true. Everyone's freaking out about the Justin Turner, like celebrating with his team after testing positive for COVID. Why the fuck did he find out in the eighth inning that he tested positive for COVID and not before the game? Did they, like what kind of incompetence is this?
0: Yeah, this is what I don't I, – I, I can't even speak on it sometimes because it's like I don't understand what's happening here. Like don't they test?
1: They never get there. And for some reason, Justin Turner's Results weren't available until the eighth inning. Then they told him after he already was in the dugout. So everyone was exposed to him anyway.
0: But obviously the team didn't give a shit either. They're celebrating with him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, they, if they got it, they probably had it.
0: Yeah. It's funny. If you see what's happening on the right of the screen, LA Times sports, MLB investigating Justin Turner following positive coronavirus test. It's, it's a bigger deal than I guess. We've I mean, it's considered. a big
1: deal if he knowingly is, like, he knew he had COVID and he's out there, like, celebrating and touching people and not giving a shit. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah.
0: It's MLB's fault, though. It's not even Justin Turner's fault. Yeah. The the I mean, day, if
1: you the test results before the game, they would have probably put him out and said, you can't come out.
0: Yeah, basically. So, last night, Jay Cutler endorsed President Trump, and that became a big trending topic, George, in the world of – uh
1: Oh yeah, that's so cool. It became a cool, big trending topic because how dare someone have a different opinion than your okay. opinion? Okay.
0: Well, not where I'm going with this. Where I'm going with it is basically, uh, basically Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholas, is how you say it, right? Yeah. The old golfer posted this long thing about why he's voting for President Trump. Jay Cutler wrote, "Sign me up" on his story. Later, President Trump reposted it, and then Jay Cutler. Reposted it as well, saying never a doubt. Uh, I wanted to get into a funny tweet about it because, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, you get worked up about it for some reason, it sounds like, but I don't get worked up about people.
1: And I I think it's fair to have opinions in this country because it's called free speech. And I just think it's gotten really sad that whatever side of a political spectrum you're on, the other side wants to tear you down for your opinion. So if Jay, whatever Jay Cutler votes, that's his right to vote for it. Whatever uh, someone else votes is his right to vote for it. And everyone is entitled to their own opinion without being ridiculed by the other side. And that's where my problem is on both sides of the equation.
0: I believe that too, but not where I was going with this. I just thought this tweet was funny. Jay Cutler endorsed Trump, it trended. I really don't care what trends on Twitter except for funny purposes and fun purposes. And Tyler Conway said throwing an interception this late in the game is extremely on brand for Jay Cutler, which was really funny because 90% of the tweets were basically about Jay Cutler throwing a pick at the end of the game, Jay Cutler switching it up at the end of the game, Jay Cutler's attitude switching up at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was funny because it is actually classically on brand for Jay Cutler. Stay silent. He stood. He stayed silent about this. He's pretty, you know. He's pretty famous post football because of TV, because mm-hmm. of his ex-wife. He got see. He was seen dating. Uh, what's her name? Lori. Uh,
1: yeah, she works for Fox News.
0: Conservative. You could have assumed that it, that means he's uh, a awesome. obviously. Yeah, like I, I don't think you could date her if you were like extremely liberal, right?
1: Right. And yeah, it's this is it's a weird time we're living in. I can't wait till Tuesday's over.
0: Fair, but I don't know why you keep making this so much more about politics than I'm because basically just trying of to say a hella funny tweet that has to do with okay an like, you know, sort of interception late in the game. I
1: know, I know. We are a sports show and it's okay if you veer off the highway for 30 seconds and say like how you feel. It's, it's not a problem. They're, like I I'm, I understand. You Can you acknowledge the tweet? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's hilarious that people want to make him fun of they're making fun of him for his political view. That's it that's what it is like why would he have that view if he said it's still if, funny it's still funny yes but i'm saying if if he went out and said "Oh, i'm voting for biden everyone would have been like silence crickets
0: no because if you're a republican you could have said Jay cutler's this tweet could be the exact same tweet regardless true. of who he's voting true. for." that's also like, true
1: like i said i don't I'm, i don't like both sides of the equation
0: that's fair but like it still would have been funny if it's like Jay Cutler's yeah. voting for Biden and it's like throws an interception, they
1: end the game. <laughs> so maybe Justin Turner say, should have said he went back to bang on a trash can so the MLB won't punish him. Nice.
0: That's good. I That's thought like that a good one. No, I, I like that one because uh, it's kind of funny. You have people cheating the game and, no, and Rob Manford doesn't care.
1: I know, but meanwhile, Justin Turner is just spreading a global pandemic.
0: (laughs) What's more? The integrity of the game is more important to me, George.
1: (laughs) I care about the integrity of the game. In a way, I'm more offended. It's horrible that I'm more offended about the integrity of the game than Justin Turner spreading COVID.
0: I know, me too, shockingly. Um, This was trending today. I put this on our Twitter, and I don't freaking understand why it was trending. I don't know what was going on. But apparently this guy tweeted this and it became trending on Twitter, which was, I don't even know the difference between mayonnaise and Mir- Miracle Whip, so I'm already lost on this one. And that mm-hmm. became a trending topic was, do you know the difference between Miracle Whip and I know
1: Miracle Whip has less calories, so I use Miracle Whip more often because it's better for my, uh, for keeping my weight loss down. I don't even know if I've ever had Miracle Whip. Oh, I have. I bought Miracle. I used to buy Miracle Whip all the time. It's basically like low-fat mayonnaise. Really? Hmm. Well, never mind that. <laughs> Odd but true. Tua Tagovailoa will be the first left-handed quarterback to start an NFL game since Kellen Moore in Week 17, 2015 for the Cowboys. Wow.
0: Yeah, I know. First, like, good quarterback that's left-handed since, like, Michael Vick,
1: maybe. I know, that's what I was thinking, too. I was was like, man, really? There hasn't been a left-handed quarterback to even start since then? That's pretty weird.
0: That is weird because a lot of sports, there's a lot of good left-handers in basketball. Like, actually, the majority are right, obviously. But, like, you can think of, of like, I can immediately be like, Michael Red was a great shooter. James Harden, Manu Ginobili. I can just name multiple right away, right? Mm -hmm. Left-handed quarterbacks. I would have probably paused for a while, Michael Vick, to start.
1: Sam, I can't think of one after.
0: Yeah, can I. I'm sure there is one that I, if I see it, I'll remember, but that's where I pause, right, which is kind of interesting. And then baseball, there's so many le- – which is weird. Why does baseball have so many more different side pitchers?
1: Um, I think in baseball, though, because they go for specialty, right? Like if you're a left-handed kid – like you are wanting to play baseball it's harder to hit a left because you can't see it as a righty. better.
0: Fair. That's fair game. Um, Reddit CFB tweeted yesterday that today is the first day since July 22nd without a college football, NFL, MLB, NBA, or NHL game. Now, a lot of the quote tweets were talking about how there was soccer, there was, you know, like there's there's different Champions. European soccer, there's MLS, um, there's a couple other things, but for me, it's not a soccer <laughs> you know,
1: that's guy. The first night without sports, I watched Champions League yesterday, but that was in the daytime, so it's like weird without night sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. People were saying there was soccer, there was other things, um, but this tweet is kind of where I felt I kind of felt this. He said, honestly, I can't lie, I enjoyed the night off from sports. Um, and I did too. I kind of enjoyed like a night of, I I put on a TV show. I cooked some dinner. Um, you know, I got some other work done that I needed to get done. It was actually nice for a night. Now, if this happens more often, I don't think I'm going to like it, which is going to happen more often, but, uh, it was nice. I I feel like we hit one point like two weeks ago where there was too much happening with baseball playoffs, NBA and NFL, uh, but, uh, you know I, I i wouldn't mind a couple other things to dabble in right now but i didn't mind it for the day
1: fair enough um speaking of you know when there's no sports on um i mean you can't go on a rant for one minute about a netflix movie sure you guys got to watch a live on netflix before halloween it's a korean fucking thriller horror movie about um a global pan uh, or a korean pandemic where everyone gets infected and when they get infected, their eyes start to bleed and then they turn into cannibals and try to eat other people. And this guy, you know, locks himself in his apartment, him and and he meets the neighbor who lives across the hallway, basically. And they sit there and they like communicate through walkie talkies and like all these cannibals are trying to eat them. And it's pretty awesome. Like I think Korean horror movies are way like more outrageous and like, It's not even that scary, but it's like kind of funny in the same way. Like these fucking zombies are out there trying to eat him, and then they're like fighting them like they're kung fu style. Like the amount of escapism in that movie was unbelievable. I like, I'm they were they were like literally fighting off 15 zombies at one time. Great thriller movie. If you want a just scary enough, but enough to get a little smile this Halloween, you got to watch Alive on Netflix
0: uh is it in english yes it is oh Mm -hmm. okay i can potentially watch it then although it has a 6.6.2 on on imdb so yeah
1: it's not that. like i said it's it's good enough
0: fair game fair game good enough it is i'll check it out i watched the league of their own for the first time tom hanks uh madonna uh I mean who Rosie O'Donnell's in that movie? It's a great movie, actually. It's a little sad at the end. Well, not sad, but it's a more like makes you think of life a lot. It's kind of sad. People get old. That's what you make you think of.
1: You know, everyone who listened to podcasts, I mentioned multiple times. A Tom Hotspur fan, they are playing in the Europa League right now and they're down one nothing to Antwerp. Nice.
0: Yeah. You, so- I can't comment on that. <laughs> nothing to say on that one, but that sucks if it, if it's uh that sucks if you if you were rooting for them to win. Um, much love, George. We'll be back tomorrow with our Seattle podcast, uh, previewing the Seahawks weekend. Uh, soon come, we got some Husky football and stuff, but I, the college football, I don't know, the Pac 12 scene just feels a little twerky this year with a couple games, and I don't think anyone's going to make the playoffs. Twerky. I'm not, I think it's going to be just not good. Twerky, tweaky. Like, There's a lot of tweaks in it that aren't good,
1: okay.
0: I like twerky, twerky. It's I kind think of a word, twerky, but twerky, twerky. It all well, works, it all works. Um, so, but basically, uh, I'm concerned about the you know the whole college football stuff outside of the SEC. And <laughs> t- I don't know, there's just so much going on, but we'll be back tomorrow. Much love. Uh, This is the That Being Said podcast brought to you by the Sports on Tap. You can go to thesportsontap.com, at the Sports on Tap on all platforms. And uh, they call us the best brothers in sports, George. You know that? I heard that. And this is the Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined.
1: Peace.